Are you tired of waiting for sparks to fly on your dating app? Do you dream of running through airports to deliver an out-of-breath, unplanned monologue? Then stop doom-scrolling and start listening to Meet Cute Rom-Coms. Feel-good love stories that take you from chance encounter to grand romantic gesture in just 15 minutes. We're bringing rom-coms back. Get a brand new Meet Cute series on the first Tuesday of every month with new episodes twice a week. Fall in love with Meet Cute Rom-Coms wherever you find your podcasts. Is this where we kiss? Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark Review Podcast. I'm Megan, and I'm a longtime Hallmark movie fan. I'm Wendy. I'm your former Hallmark hater. Today we're discussing Holiday Hotline from Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas series. This did air a little bit earlier in the lineup, but here we have our review for you today. If you want to connect with us outside of the podcast, we would love to have you join us on Instagram. You can find us both at Girls Gone Hallmark and at Megan and Wendy. Come on over and jump into our Facebook group, Girls Gone Hallmark. Lovely people over there talking Hallmark. Come be one of us. And if you're a Megan and Wendy super fan, we'd love to have you on our Patreon community. You can get a full week free over there to see if that's something you'd be interested in. We produce four bonus podcast episodes every month. Those aren't Hallmark episodes. They're like chatting with your best friend. You can find that at Patreon dot com slash Megan and Wendy or linked in our show notes. Let's jump right into a holiday hotline with a synopsis. Sure. After leaving London, Abby connects with an anonymous caller while working at a cooking hotline. The caller is single dad John, who Abby unknowingly has become smitten with in real life, starring Emily Tennant and Niall Mader. Holiday hotline was directed by Mark Jean. Is it Jean? I don't know. He has 64 directing credits, including cult favorite The Nine Lives of Christmas, A Kismet Christmas, and Eight Gifts of Hanukkah for Hallmark. This movie was written by Dwayne Poole and Julie Sherman Wolf. Dwayne sadly passed away earlier this year before he could finish writing this movie, and Julie Sherman Wolf took over and saw it to completion. Dwayne has 81 writing credits, including Winter and Veil and Next Stop Christmas. And if I can add, I wanted to look up more about Dwayne Poole. There was a really nice write-up about him and his career in Variety. I'm going to link that in our show notes. But what I didn't know is that Dwayne, he worked with Sid and Marty Croft on the Smurfs, Scooby-Doo, Alvin and the Chipmunks. He also worked with Aaron Spelling on The Love Boat and Heart to Heart. He had a very colorful career. Love that. Yeah. Julie Sherman Wolf has 36 writing credits, which include the recent smash hit Field Day and last year's Hanukkah on Rye and a Holiday Spectacular. She's one of our faves. Indeed she is. Actress Emily Tennant plays Abby. She has 93 acting credits, including an appearance in the 2007 movie Juno. A role in the Hallmark series Cedar Cove starring Andy McDowell and recently a starring role in a movie either titled A Deadly Surrogacy or The Baby Swindler, depending on whether you look at the IMDb title or the movie poster. Oh, interesting. It's one of those you cast a spell on me. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Niall Mater plays Jack slash John with his surprise appearance in the Santa Summit, Niall's current Total acting credits is 58. 
This year, he was also in Family History Mysteries, Buried Past, and we're still waiting on news about getting another movie in that series, hopefully 2024. Mila Volk plays daughter Jessica. Mila has six acting credits, although she isn't yet credited on IMDb for this film. She's real cute. Get your people on that, Mila. This is her second Hallmark appearance. She was also in 2021's Crashing Through the Snow, a Christmas in July feature that I don't think you watched, but I do think you would enjoy. Nice tip. Hey, Holiday Hotline was filmed in Manitoba, Canada, mostly in Winnipeg from September 18th to October 9th, 2023. And the previous working title of this movie was called Love. Oh, my goodness. Love Birds. I don't like it. I like Holiday Hotline better, but I do love the but yeah. moment of lovebirds. Not going <laughs> to lie. Not going to lie. What's your first impression of this movie? Well, like Taylor Swift says, huh? you chase two girls, you lose the one. <gasps> oh, look at you. I want to invent a reason to call the Butterball Hotline because they seem delightful. I want we to say... Should. <laughs> we I, should just for shits and giggles just to see what happens i read a review of this movie in which they were like seems pretty unlikely that you'd have a hotline that only runs between thanksgiving and christmas not a very sustainable business practice and i wanted to email this and be like ma'am this is very much a thing that exists I, uh, run by perhaps live? the biggest turkey company in the world <laughs> oh that's crazy like i just feel like it's a known Yes. I mean, it's so funny. President Biden and I don't, called on an episode of The West Wing. Oh, my God. Another West Wing reference. He twice this. He pretended to be <laughs> Joe Bethersonton from Fargo, North Dakota. You scare me with your West Wing. I just knowledge. saw I saw the clip on Instagram the other day. It came up. So. Oh, wait a minute. Are you watching the West Wing on Instagram? No, now? but occasionally <laughs> I do follow an Instagram account. I think it's called Sorkinisms and they post clips from Aaron Sorkin written shows quite often the West Wing. And it was Thanksgiving. So, of course, they posted the butterball turkey moment. Ah, all right. Okay. Let's talk about what we liked about this movie. Okay. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Athavale, who we didn't mention in news and notes. He plays Roger. He's back. We saw him as Dasher in the Santa Summit. He is, for me, the supporting actor to beat this holiday season. He's really bringing it in these roles that don't necessarily call for someone to bring it. Right? Like the call center leader, it's fine. Doesn't make or break the movie. But with him in that role, it's someone I look forward to. I agree. He was great in the Santa Summit, too. But also, can I correct you for a second? What did I do? His last name is pronounced Atuvle. Oh, my gosh. How do you know that? How do you? <laughs> Are you calling me out? I am. When you mark this day in history, it is Tuesday, November 28th, and... Only because I went onto his IMDb and on his bio it says pronounce a tuvle. It's like spelled out. Yeah. Thank you. Eric, I apologize. Niall, we used to ruin your name too. So when you know better, you do better. <laughs> you were just waiting with that one in your pocket this whole time for me to step in it. I'm not trying to come for you at all. Like, this is my Mount Everest. You know that, right? Like, saying these names. I do, I do. So. <laughs> I, I, 
I take the correction. And Eric Atuvle, I will remember it forever. Can I tell you one more thing I liked? Yes. <laughs> to redeem myself. I loved the way they staged the calls. It was the number one thing, particularly with John slash Jack and Abby slash Peggy in the room together. But they did it not just with the two of them. They did it in a number of ways with the caller and the helper in the same room. Yes. Uh-huh. I thought about this a lot. Now, it does make more of an impact to have them side by side. Visually, it builds the relationship. Yeah. But it's also easier to film it that way than it is to film two different sides of a conversation. When you have a movie that is 20% phone call, you don't want a pause in the wrong place. You want an actual conversation happening back and forth. So. I agree. I think there's both of those elements at play here. So I will agree with you. This was a highlight for the movie for me. Mm. When we get to see the turkey disasters happening while Emily is fielding <laughs> the calls, yes. I just thought it was a very smart way to pull the viewer into the emergency of the situation and what they're doing at the holiday hotline. Uh huh. It was brilliant. And like you said, when we have Jack and Peggy on the phone together – that it's shot in the same space. I think a back and forth would have been too much. Like you said, like a pause or whatever. It could just go all wrong. But I was really impressed that these two actors are working together in the same scene, in the same space, but they're never engaging in eye contact. Mm -hmm. It was really good. It was really, really good. I was super impressed. Tell me some things you liked about this movie. So... Like A Merry Scottish Christmas, I had seen criticism about this movie before even watching it because of just our schedule. Uh-huh. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought the premise was super clever. A Butterball Hotline, like, has anybody touched that in a movie before? No. Like, ever? Uh, certainly not to this extent. I thought it was so funny. I love Niall Mater in this role. He was like tender and soft. He was like this nice, loving dad. Um, I thought Emily Tennant was great. Like, what was there not to like about this movie? It was, it was a great movie, I thought. I agree with you. And I saw some criticism, too, prior to watching it and don't really agree with much of it. Um can I tell you that I saw a lot of people say they thought Emily's accent was terrible and either I don't know a good British accent. I didn't find it grating or distracting at all. Agree. Agree. Um, actually, I didn't even know if she was – I'm not familiar with her as an actor, so I didn't know if she was actually British. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, call me naive, stupid, uncultured, uncultured. I, I thought she did great. Me too. I thought she did great. I loved the neighbor, Margaret, and she was played by Marina Stevenson Kerr. She was also in last year's We Wish You a Married Christmas. I don't remember her, but she was just kooky enough that it didn't feel hijinksy. Uh -huh. And she has this one line when she's helping Emily with the suitcases, and she goes, I'm what my grandkids call ripped. And I <laughs> laughed out loud, laughed out loud. I just thought it was so funny. I remember that line. And I remember as soon as she said it, I was like, oh, as they're walking up, this is the problem with reviewing movies is my brain was like, are those suitcases empty? I mean, of course they are. Why would you put stuff in a suitcase in a movie? But unlike an empty coffee cup, the suitcases didn't lift as if they were empty. Did you notice that? 
No, no. <laughs> I I was specifically looking for, it. and you know, you know what I'm talking about when they're flinging around a coffee cup. You can tell the difference between a paper cup that is empty and one that has substance to it. It's the same thing with a suitcase, right? Right. Anyway. Right, right. I didn't hate all the silly turkey puns and jokes. I thought they leaned in hard and I was enjoying it. It's a it. silly movie. I mean, it has heart. It has a story to tell, but ultimately it's about a turkey hotline. It. I would have been disappointed if they hadn't done all of that. I agree. It's I agree. It's a no-brainer. Oh. And sticking the turkey under the heating pad for the night. Y'all, I am sure people have done worse <laughs> things to rapidly defrost their turkey. Like, I don't think you understand the panic of realizing that your turkey is still frozen the night before you need to put it in the oven. Don't do that, by the way. Cold water changed every hour is the way to do it. But nevertheless. You know what was really cool is that this was like a Thanksgiving slash Christmas movie. Yes. This is one that you can watch before Thanksgiving and still not be like, uh, it's a Christmas movie. Why are we watching it in November? You know? Yes. And in fact, when I turned it on, my brain was like, oh, this is a Thanksgiving. Knowing it's a Christmas movie, my brain was like, must be a Thanksgiving movie. They really thread that needle nicely, having it run the full season. Yes. I want to say one more thing about the hotline. I think they could have gone two totally different directions with the way they played the hotline because you've got these people calling in with these outrageous questions. And I thought it was really funny because they a couple times are like, do not put your frozen turkey into a vat of boiling oil. But all of the workers at the hotline were lovely and kind to people calling in. I mean, they might have been like firm about what not to do in a dangerous situation, but they weren't behind their scenes rolling their eyes at these people who didn't know what to do. It's like calling your mom for help or, you know, whoever you're going to call when you need help in the kitchen. It felt like that. Mm hmm. That's why I'm like, I want to call these people and have them hold my hand through whatever turkey-related mishaps I'm having. You don't have turkey-related mishaps. Turkey's actually not the hardest part of Thanksgiving. It's pretty easy to make turkey. I think so, too. But the hardest part about Thanksgiving is having all the stuff come together at one time. Agree. The, uh, the worst part about a turkey, honestly, for me, is carving it. Oh, interesting. It's just... There's just so much and so many things and uh, and nobody else in my house knows how to do it. So I always end up carving it. Oh. I hate it. I have one last liked here. Okay. I had read some criticism that the conflict in this movie wasn't all that deep. And oh. while I agree, because Jack and Jack slash John mm -hmm. gets very upset at one point when he learns Peggy is Abby. And I didn't feel like it was deception? Like, was he making too big of a deal about it? I thought so. I thought so, too. But I also thought it was kind of clever how Abby was feeling like she was being cheated on with Peggy. Yeah, And vice versa, even though she's the same person. And I think that shows more about what... John, what's his name? Is his name actually Jack or John? His name is John, but Jack is what he goes by because Jack is a nickname for John. Okay, so I feel like that shows more about his character because he was like weighing his options. Who does he like better, Abby or Peggy? And she realized all of that. I thought that said more about him, even though like you're going to go for the person that 
you like more, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. but there was there was no actual real conflict. I I agree that I the conflict wasn't as big as it should have been, but it was interesting how it played out. I just like their like separate what's the word I'm looking for perspectives on it. Yeah, that's a really good point. So if we can move on to wish, that's really my one. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Don't. I hate an easily solved misunderstanding. I like your perspective. I really did like seeing it from both sides. And he tells Abby, I believe, he has feelings for her. But then he goes to the hotline to thank Peggy for reopening his Mm -hmm. heart. And she sees this knowing that she's the same person that he has feelings for. I thought, oh, that's really awkward, right? Like now are you cheating on, in quotation marks, Abby with Peggy. Although I thought his moment with Peggy was more like, thank you for being there for me, as opposed to I'm falling in love with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I felt okay with him going to Peggy at the hotline to give her the gift, the ornament, as a thank you and kind of close out their relationship. And I thought he made the right choice in choosing the woman he actually knew and had met in the flesh, even though they're the same person. But I can't get over, and it's small, but there were multiple times where they could have avoided this. And she had opportunity to tell him who she was. And I didn't think, like you said, it was that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Like her saying, actually, because she realizes before he does, actually, we're the same person. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I don't think it's all that odd that she was using an American accent. I think it's a funny plot point. Oh, the Americans don't want to listen to a British person tell them how to cook their American Thanksgiving. I didn't think that he needed to be all that fired up about it upset yeah well because even when he first calls the the hotline his brother's like why are you using jack and he's like i don't know these people so like yeah he uses john there is some she even calls back to him you told me your name was john he's like my name is john people said like oh it felt like sleepless in seattle right which i liked that where they you know their relationship develops over the phone it had a moment of you've got mail to me where Joe Fox knows who Kathleen Kelly is. He knows that he's the big bad guy who's about to put her out of business. But she doesn't know who he is when he comes into her store and she introduces herself and and he goes, just call me Joe. And like he doesn't want to reveal himself. It was that moment. Like, oh, I'm not going to give my name away on this. You did the same thing, dude. Yeah. I agree. That doesn't ruin the movie for me. It doesn't ruin the movie for me either. I get frustrated in books and in movies when they have an opportunity to solve the misunderstanding and only holding on to the misunderstanding is what gives us a conflict. All right. That's all. Can I talk about what I wish for? Please. It's just one. Okay. I freaking love cottage cheese and fruit, but I could have done without the blatant product placement in this movie. It was too many times. I know. (laughs) Takes me out of the moment. And it makes me feel like we're in a 2017 Hallmark movie where there's like a Lubriderm zoom in and mingle all the way. Along those lines, I had wondered if Twinnings Tea was a sponsor because every time they show Emily working at the hotline, she's holding her like British flag mug, right? Mm. And she's drinking tea. But it's the brand Twinnings. I think it's called Twinnings. Now I'm like having second thoughts. Like, what's it actually called? Twinnings. I don't know. 
Am I saying it wrong? Nile Matter, a Tuvle. They have a tea called Gingerbread Joy. Maybe I need to oh. get that. I don't know, but that is the brand T W I N I N G S. And it, I just thought it was interesting that one uh, N, one N. I would say it's Twinings. Okay. It was interesting that she was drinking that. It is a United Kingdom founded company. Hmm. That was thoughtful use. Yes. So I wondered if it was that to me is more clever yes. than like the, the Zoom in on Dalba Daisy or whatever. <laughs> Let's talk about did you see that? I only have two. I mean, my Daisy Cottage, she's at was one. I had three. Okay. They go to a Christmas Kindle market. Did you hear they mention it? Like, oh, we're going to go to the Christmas Kindle market. Mm-mm. That's the same market we went to in Denver. And <gasps> no shade to the Christmas Kindle market, people, but that was a steaming pile of disappointments. Wait a minute. It's not the exact same. It's like that company puts together markets in multiple Got big it. cities. Yeah, that wasn't that great. It was all food stands and like dog CBD chews. I wanted like handmade ornaments and beautiful scarves and I don't baked goods. I well, I just went to a beautiful market in Boston recently. Yeah, it was great. It was so much better than that Denver one. Yeah. Did you notice how many Christmas trees were in Jack John's house? I did not. The downstairs, I was like, in the hallway, there's two. And then into the next room, there's another one. And then in the kitchen, there's one. I was like, oh, how many do you have downstairs? It, isn't that funny that he can't maintain that level of decoration, but dude can't cook a turkey to maintain their holiday dinner tradition for his daughter? I, I thought that exact thought. I thought, is he overdoing the decorations because his wife is dead? You know, he still wants to, like, have this whole, like, experience for his daughter. Sure, maybe. And another question. I have another question for you. I saw this on Reddit, actually. Somebody was like, I'm over the dead spouses. Mm. What do you think about that? Can't he just be, like, a single dad? Can't he just be a single dad who maybe never got married or is divorced? Yeah. I mean, I think we live in 2024 almost. I think it's okay that there's single parents out there who exist without a dead spouse. I agree. So Hallmark, make that change. Okay. I have two more little, two more little, did you see that? One was a Bluey reference. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bluey is like a present day cartoon for kids. Yes. I've never seen it, but I know it's very popular. Yes. I just was surprised that it showed up in my Hallmark movie. The second thing is also surprised by the 1998 sync hit yes! never knew the meaning of Christmas. In my notes, I had to Shazam it. I was like, is that sync?" And indeed it was. Megan's favorite Justin Timberlake in her Hallmark movie. That's a uh, sarcasm, folks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. What did you rate this movie? I gave it 3.25 stars. Wow. What you I gave, gave it? Four stars. Whoa. You gave it more stars than A Merry Scottish Christmas? Mm. Yes, I did. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I maybe liked it more than that, too. You know, I think I really enjoy rom-coms. I like to laugh in my Hallmark movies. Yeah, me too. So I think that's why those kind of movies get higher ratings from me. Okay. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Girls Gone Hallmark. We are still wrapping up our countdown to Christmas reviews, so make sure you're following our podcast and never miss an episode. If you do love this podcast, the best way you can support it is absolutely free with your five-star ratings and reviews. Leave them in the Apple Podcast app. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.